All right, let's quickly look to the Lord in prayer and um, I want to quickly run through what God has put in my heart for today. Father, we thank you, God. Holy Spirit, we pray. Would you speak to us, minister to us, Lord, from your word, Father? God, we pray that you bless our time together, Lord, as we open your word. Holy Spirit, we pray. Would you minister to us, Lord? May your word become relevant. May your word become applicable, Lord. Challenge us, Father. Continue to change and transform us, Lord. In Jesus' name, Father, we pray. Amen. I'm doing a series on the Messianic prophecies. Every year during the month of December, the first three Sundays before Christmas, you know, it's been kind of a tradition that where we explore the Messianic prophecies. A Messianic prophecy is a prophecy that points from the Old Testament perception. Different prophets used by God pointing towards the, the birth, the raising up, the ministry, the suffering, the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a very powerful thing how you would see God in his divine plan meticulously ordained through the prophets to remind his people time and again that when God says something, it will come to fruition. He used different prophets, not fully understanding the totality of the plan of the messianic child that would be born to a virgin. And then how he would divinely fulfill the purpose and the call and bring the lost mankind back into a great fellowship with Christ. And today, we are the recipient of those messianic prophecies coming to fulfillment where we enjoy the privilege which was unheard of, not even professed to be in the Old Testament to be called the sons and the daughters of God. In the olden times, they had a distant relationship from, with God. They always had to go through a mediator, but in the New Testament, because of all these messianic prophecies, seeing at a time, you know, at the God-appointed time when Jesus was born, and the entire ministry, the suffering, the, the death on the cross, and the whole, you know, the, the, the resurrection and the ascension just talks about the faithfulness of God. Every time there is a reminder of these messianic prophecies, it just calls us and draws us into that place of thankfulness and gratefulness to God. When you see how faithful God is, most of the prophets haven't met one another, never lived even in their time but yet prophesied almost kind of leading towards fixing the entire jigsaw puzzle when a virgin was picked up to become pregnant divinely by God and we see the fulfillment of the prophecy. There is powerful things when you start to read the messianic prophecies and my desire today is when you see the messianic prophecy it is before the cross and at the cross you would see the fulfillment of these messianic prophecies. And as we go through this, I've seen over the years that every messianic prophecy has come to fulfillment. There are over 320 messianic prophecies pointing towards the entire life of Jesus Christ for those three, 33 and a half years. And then when you see the fulfillment of that, it just brings us into that place of trust, confidence, that my season two will come. I'm in the divine pathway the Bible says that there was a generation that was raised up not knowing God. Maybe sometimes we go through a season and a phase of a generation where we do not see the hand of God in our lives. 
But yet in, in those moments as well, you would see that God has divinely ordered us to go through the plan of God to come into a place of fulfillment. Every messianic prophecy has a, has a principle. Those principles are the principles of the kingdom of God. And when you study those messianic prophecies, as I said, they lead towards the cross. And beyond the cross is a principle. And we are going to unpack a principle out of a messianic prophecy that I'm going to read to you today. If you remember last week, we've looked at a messianic prophecy talking about, you know, suffering leads or suffering is one of the channels through which God leads us into success. Who would have thought that suffering can be part of the journey to success? But God redefined success and we do not measure success from the perception of the world to understand that when everything goes great, that is not measured as success. Why in the deepest and the darkest valley of our lives, we can be still heading towards success. That's what we've looked at last week. And today, I want to talk about a prophecy and the title of this sermon is, Leadership redefined. And I want to read to you the prophecy from the Old, Old Testament from Deuteronomy. And uh, in this prophecy, you would see in Deuteronomy 18 and verse 15. And we're going to look at the fulfillment of this prophecy. And we are going to look at the relevance of a principle out of this prophecy. Moses continued, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me. Now I want you to understand there are some important words that have been packed in some of these prophecies. Moses was divinely led by God. All right, now think about it. Sometimes, you know, I wonder if I had to put myself uh, in, the, in the shoes of Isaiah or Jeremiah or Daniel. And when you begin to prophesy like this, they don't know the complete picture of the entire messianic plan of God. Yet... They were bold enough and convinced enough to bring that prophecy because they were absolutely sure that that's what the Lord wanted them to talk about. I mean, you, you, you see a lot of messianic prophecies and, you know, talking about his suffering. You know, Isaiah 53 depicts that he was wounded for our transgression. He was grieved, you know, bruised for our iniquity. You know, you know, when you read all that and when you even think about the depiction of that in the passion of Christ, you know, there's, it's a kind of a portrayal of one small thing. But how about when Isaiah was prophesying, he says, Behold, a virgin will conceive and bring forth a child. Lord, uh, can I tell that next week? Yeah, because that's not normal. Did I miss or did you miss? But yet you would see the boldness to bring a prophecy like that because it never happened before and it never happened thereafter. Yet Isaiah was absolutely convinced even though he did not know the total plan of God. Because he revealed some to Isaiah, he revealed some to another prophet, he revealed some to Zechariah, he revealed, like, it's like, you know, here and there, and then when you see all that, Jesus fulfilled those 322 prophecies. Isn't that beautiful when you see how God divinely controls and leads us, even at times and seasons when we don't see him work in our lives? Now Moses comes up, I mean, look at this guy, you know, we're going to unpack this. The Lord your God, again, this is divinely inspired. He says, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet that would have been better, like me. I mean, that's scary. Uh, now we're going to look at why it's scary. He says, now the Lord, Lord your God will raise up a prophet like me from among your own fellow Israelites, and you must listen to him. Because obviously he was going through a season where they did not listen to him. Now go to verse 16. Now, a little bit of background here, okay? Pay attention, don't miss on this. 
For this is what you yourselves requested of the Lord your God when you were assembled at Mount Sinai. You said to us, do not let us hear the voice of the Lord our God anymore for or see this blazing fire for we will die. Now you know what happened? The first time when Moses went up mountain, Mount Sinai to bring the Ten Commandments for 40 days he's gone. And people became so impatient that they did not have a leader to lead them. And immediately they made Aaron the leader who was supposed to be a co-leader to lead the people of God. And Aaron comes up with this, um, with this messed up idea, a golden calf. You remember the story? Right? Then Moses comes down, the fire of God falls, God was upset, 3,000 people die. Bad leadership costs always somebody's life. That's on a side note, alright? We're not going to spend time much on that. But I want you to know today that this prophecy is pointing towards Jesus. Now Mo Moses is saying, you remember the guy, you know, when the fire of the Lord fell, they were so ashamed and they were so scared, 3,000 people die and they said, we are never going to have an audience with God. Moses, you go, you talk to him and bring news to us. Because of what they said, God said, this is the order I'm setting. Okay, now go back to verse 15. He says, for the Lord your God will raise a prophet among you like me. And you must listen to him. For this is what yourselves requested of the Lord when you have assembled at the Mount Sinai. You said, do not let us hear the voice of the Lord our God anymore or see this blazing fire for we will die. Verse 17, then the Lord said to me, I think that what they're saying is correct. 18, now this is the prophecy, listen to this. I will raise up a prophet from among them, among their own fellow Israelites. I will put my words in his mouth and he will tell the people everything I command him. Now, this is a prophecy. Verse 15 and verse 18 talk about this prophecy that God is going to raise up a prophet like me and he's going to lead you, lead you. Listen to him. God will raise up one, of you, one among you and I will put my words in his mouth and he will tell his people everything I commanded. We're going to look at what is this prophecy pointing towards, okay? Now, this prophecy is about the role of Jesus in the New Testament church. As I unpack this, you would see how God has set a pattern, a strategy of leading his people into their destiny through leadership. Now he says that this prophecy is about Jesus' role in the church. It talks about the kind of presence that Jesus would have in his church. Because he is the head of the church, Ephesians. Paul presents to the church at Ephesus and he says, for he, he is the head and we are the body. He is the bridegroom and the church is the bride. You know, there's a talks about this intimate fellowship and a relationship between the church and Christ. This prophecy considers how Jesus would lead his people to rule and judge the world. This prophecy talks about the governance of God over his people. Talks about how God's plan to lead people into their destiny. Moses had the responsibility to lead the people into their destiny. Now, if you remember, Moses was the first leader who was picked up by God to lead his people. Until that time, if you read um, the, the Genesis 50, the last chapter, you would see Abraham, Isaac, significant characters, Jacob, and then you read about Joseph, and it ends with Joseph dying in Egypt. Right? And then... I mean, you've seen Joseph being elevated to the role of a prime minister in Egypt, but he was not leading his people. He was leading a Gentile nation. This was the first time that God appointed a leader, Moses, to lead his people. Ever since then, this has been the pattern. And this prophecy is pointing towards Jesus as a chief shepherd. 
the chief leader, the supreme leader who has set an order, who has set the bar for us as shepherds and leaders to follow so that we can lead people into their destiny. And this morning, my assignment is to help people who are disconnected because of a bad leadership that you've been under, because of uh, abuse that you went through uh, because of a bad leadership. And I'm praying <clears throat> that God will restore our relationship and that we would allow the God-appointed leadership over our lives so that they can lead us and shepherd us to, to enter into the destiny that God has for our lives. Amen. Are you still with me? This prophecy talks about the governance of God over his people. God will raise up a prophet or a leader like Moses. Let me further explain this prophecy. God presents a beautiful picture of Lord Jesus Christ, the one true prophet of God who would be raised from the nation of Israel. Other scriptures inform that this coming prophet would speak only the word of the Lord. That's why Jesus said, I will not say anything that I would not hear from my father. I would not do anything that I would not see my father do, right? would arise from the seed of Abraham through Isaac, his sons of the promise, and Israel and God's chosen people. The prophet would be like Moses, who would come from the house of Judah and would be born in the royal lineage of King David. Moses pointed a prophetic picture of the Messiah. He gave Israel some clear, distinguished marks of their coming prophet that they would easily identify him and submit to his leadership now do you remember the scripture where jesus says i have come unto my own but my own have rejected me you remember that scripture where jesus said i came to my own people but they did not that's why there was resistance that's why he was always questioned why are you performing miracles on a sabbath look at your disciple these guys are unruly they are not disciplined and all kinds of things the religious leaders constantly picked up on him now listen to this very carefully not only this messianic prophecy talks about the death of Christ, but it also talks about the ministry of Christ, the leadership, the governance of Christ. And he set an example that for us to enter into our destiny, a good leader or a good leadership is the only channel through which we will enter into our destiny. Let's see the fulfillment of this prophecy, and then we're going to look at the relevance of this prophecy for us today. The fulfillment of this prophecy is found in John chapter 5 and verse 45. Now, these are the words of Jesus. Jesus was actually talking to the religious leaders of his time. Right? Now, look at this. This is what, yet it isn't I who will accuse you before the Father. Moses will accuse you. Yes, Moses, in whom you put your hopes. I mean, that statement was so confusing. That statement was so bold to make. Jesus is saying, your forefathers, Moses, your leader or your old prophet is going to accuse you. He's going to hold you accountable. All right? Look at verse 46. If you really believed Moses, you would believe in me because he wrote about me. Pointing to Deuteronomy 18.15, what we just read. But since you did not believe what he wrote, how will you believe what I say? We see the fulfillment of this prophecy here, okay? Now let me explain. Why would Jesus make such a bold statement? It's kind of confusing. I thought Moses was a great leader. How come Moses is accusing me? All right? This is what he says. Jesus said to the Jewish religious leaders of his time. Do not think that I, have, that I shall accuse you to the Father, but there is another one who accuses you, that is Moses, in whom you put your trust. Moses was a highly respected prophet, leader, shepherd by the Jewish nation. And Jesus was saying that Moses would 
condemn them because they rejected the very person that he wrote about. You know why? Because they were using the same law that was written by Moses and attacking the Lordship of Christ. And now Jesus is saying that the same Moses that you are depending on, pulling the law out from, he says he's going to hold you accountable because he wrote about me, but you did not have the eyes to see through. It's interesting that the very one they were using as an excuse to persecute Jesus will instead become the accuser because he's going to hold them accountable because Moses will finally tell them they have ignored his writings and his words about this Messiah, the Christ. So you understand? You see the prophecy, the fulfillment. Now we're going to look at the relevance of this prophecy. There is a principle. What is the principle? The principle is that God will raise a prophet, a leader like Moses to lead his people into their destiny. This Christmas season, I want to talk about that God's ordained system, God's ordained method to lead his people is through leadership governance in the church. As much as it is messed up sometimes, I'm not talking about the church globally, you know, people taking advantage of, you know, bad leadership, you know, taking advantage of people, misrepresent, misinterpret, and sometimes, you know, control people using the word of God. We've seen all that. And some of you have come actually out of a leadership like that, and you are so burnt and you're offended, and you have actually now shunned and cut yourself off from any kind of shepherd to get involved in your life to lead you. And my assignment this morning is to teach you that the only way that God is going to lead you into the fullness of your calling is through leadership and good shepherding. Amen. As much as there is bad shepherding, there is good shepherding in the house of God. That's why it's our responsibility to find a good leader, a good prophet, a good shepherd that we can submit so that they can bring the best in our lives. Moses was their only hope to get into the promised land. Amen. He was the only hope to go into the promised land. Let me read to you a few things, all right? God will raise prophets, leaders to lead his people into their destiny. This prophecy talks about God's strategy for his New Testament church. Moses was a prophetic voice through whom the word of the Lord came to the people of Israel. Now, I'm not talking about a one-man ministry. I'm not talking about, you know, dictatorial, autocratic kind of a government. I'm talking about a godly leader who's sold out, whose heart is like a true shepherd, respecting the chief shepherd's authority over the church, not like a one-man ministry, you know, creating opportunities, raising people up, trusting in people, not feeling insecure. That's, kind of, that's the kind of leadership that God was establishing. And that's the leadership that God wants us to come under, submit ourselves, because through that, God's very best will come to fulfillment in our lives. I know there are people offended. I know there are people who've been taken advantage of. But I want you to look for the right kind of leaders. Let's, let, let me take, to, take you to uh, Hebrews chapter 13. Amazing scripture, verse 7. Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, talking about leaders, whose faith you imitate or follow. How do you do that? Consider the outcome of their lifestyle or their conduct. You know what God, God has laid down certain guidelines. He says, when you look at your leaders before you submit, look at their lifestyle. All right, look at their heart. Don't look for perfect leaders because you cannot find perfect leaders. I'm going to give you an example in a, in a moment. 
You will never find perfect leaders anywhere. You will never find perfect pastors, perfect shepherds. But if you can find a shepherd whose heart is sold out for his sheep, whose heart is willing to lay down his life for his sheep, who wants the best in in their lives, submit to those leaders. That's what the Bible says. You know, this is almost like, you know, as a pastor, you stand here and give a call for people to submit. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, if you're from another church, God bless you, go back, submit to your leadership. If you see, you know, look at their outcome. You know, you are the best judge, you know, not to be judgmental, but to see, you know, what is their heart? Not necessarily their weaknesses. Let me read to you, okay? Uh, Deuteronomy 18, 15. Look at this, all right? Now I'm going to present to you something. Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you, come on everybody, a prophet, that's quite a bold statement, right? Well, let me introduce Moses to you. At the age of 40, he had anger issues and murdered somebody. Can we be honest in the house of God? Right? I'm not talking about somebody is perfect because people pretend to be perfect. Anytime you find a leader who's perfect, don't follow them. <laughs> Honestly, because they have a lot under their sleeve. Right? Somebody's honest. Somebody is willing to say sorry. Somebody is willing to accept that they have been stupid. He married a foreigner against God's wish. He refused the call of God and resisted based on his own inability. The guy had a very low self-esteem. Exodus 3. You can go back and read. I can't speak, Lord. I can't do this, Lord. The man who said he had a speech impediment, true enough, he was. He did not know or have a clue how how to delegate. His father-in-law Jethro had to step in and teach him management and leadership structures of delegation. Is somebody learning something this morning? You understand what I'm saying? Isn't that beautiful how God established a leadership principle out of a messianic prophecy? The guy had suicidal tendency. Numbers chapter 11, you would see he's actually praying to God, Lord, kill me. I would rather submit myself to a pastor who's got suicidal tendency, but his heart is sold out for me. So that sounds almost contradicting, right? People gave him a tough time. Moses started to have an honest conversation with God and said, Lord, did I give birth to all these rascals? My version, all right? SIV, Suman's International Version. (laughs) That I should carry them like a nursing father? Where do I bring meat for all these fellows? Look at these ungrateful people, murmuring, complaining, you know, that the drop of a hat, looking for an opportunity to always compare their past life. You know, the ungrateful people. The guy was depressed. And yet he has the audacity to say, the Lord will raise a prophet like me. You know why he was saying that? He was a man who was sold out to the mission. Look for a leader who is a people's person. Look for a leader who will not isolate himself, but he will be among the sheep to be recognized as the shepherd of the sheep. Have you ever seen a herd of sheep going and the shepherd is in the car? I'm not getting at anybody, all right? Please don't misunderstand me, okay? Are you able to follow what I'm saying? You know, you see some of that and you wonder where this leadership is coming from. Moses knew he was a mess. But in his mess, he trusted God. In his mess, the one thing that was Important was his heart and he was a people's leader. 
to the point when God wanted to destroy them. And now you can go back and read when God was having a conversation with Moses and he gave the Ten Commandments. And God says, Moses, you go back and see the mess you're going to enter in. And he says, I'm going to kill all these people. And now Moses turns around and says, Lord, please forgive them, Lord. Have mercy on them, Lord. You know, the same guy who was complaining to God now stands up for them because it was a moment when his flesh took over, but he was sold out for his people and the cause that God has put in his heart. Touch, you need to find leaders, submit yourself because that is the only authority system and the governance order that God has established in our lives for us to go into our destiny. Amen. Let me read to you something and then I'm going to wrap this up, all right? For over 40 years, the Lord had spoken through one man, Moses. And God knew that the people would look for an alternative mediator after his departure. And even he warned them against looking in the wrong places. Aaron was a classic example. 40 days, they were saying, you know, we need a leader. Come on, bring him. You need somebody, a shepherd. A leader, somebody who walked ahead of you to lead you. That's a God-ordained system. Why would they become so uncomfortable at a 40-day silence of their missing leader? In fact, they should have celebrated at the freedom. They picked up Aaron and said, come on, you're our leader. And Aaron goes crazy with this new leadership authority. That's why I don't entrust anybody with authority because they're going to mess up. There is a process. Joshua, then you see all these leaders, all the way into the New Testament, Jesus, the disciples, Paul, Timothy, Titus. You, know, you see the same order being set into motion. You know, God rolled this order to lead the church into their destiny. And this Christmas season, as we prepare ourselves for this mighty celebration, let us remind ourselves that through this messianic prophecy, God is reminding us that the only order that God has established, the governance that God has established is good leadership, good shepherding. Find a good shepherd, submit to him, and may God lead each one of us. Amen. Why don't we all stand to our feet? Let me pray with you. Can I have the team up, please? I want you to just stand to your feet. I want to specifically minister to people who have been offended by leadership. Maybe you're coming from another church. Maybe you've been in a church or even in our church. For the next maybe 30, 40 seconds, just I'm going to wrap this up very quickly. Just close your eyes and just, just look back, all right? Sometimes there's a lot of expectation from our leadership. Nothing wrong, but don't expect your leaders to be perfect. Look for honest leaders who do not put up a face or a mask, but leaders who are genuine, who genuinely care for the God's very best in your life. And Father, today we pray, Lord, if there, is, if there is somebody who's been offended, who's been crushed, who had a bad experience, who's been taken advantage of, who's been controlled through bad leadership, God, we pray, would you bring healing into our lives, Lord? And Father, as we model this leadership, also help us prepare for the Lord, the next level of leadership that you're going to choose, Lord. Would you prepare the church, Lord? We thank you, God. Let healing come through. Let breakthrough come through. Let, um, Lord, release 
Lord, any unforgiveness, Lord, may be released today in Jesus' name, Father. Such a beautiful principle, Lord. And yet, Lord, the most abused principle, Lord, in the church at times. And if there is somebody who was on the receiving end, Father, I pray, would you release them from the hurt today in Jesus' name. We thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your word today, Lord. I want to quickly give you an opportunity to anybody who's never made a commitment to follow Jesus. Maybe you're visiting with us for the first time or you've been coming to church for some time and you've walked away from God. Maybe you've been in the Lord for a while. Maybe an experience, a disappointment has set in and you walked away from the Lord today. God is calling you back to the cross. There's no better place than the foot of Jesus, the foot of the cross. Is there somebody who says, I want to give my life to Jesus? Can you please put your hand up? I want to pray with you. Anybody who says, I want to re- rededicate my life. I want to surrender myself for them. You know, maybe the first time. I don't know. Just come back to Jesus. Without any questions asked, he's willing to forgive you. Father, we thank you, God, for your word today. Holy Spirit, I pray. Bless this word, Lord. And may this word bear much fruit in our lives, Lord. We thank you, God. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, come on, let's all give the Lord a big shout of praise. God bless you. Have a great week. And we'll see you next Sunday morning.